Hello and welcome on The Barricades. This is a podcast produced by Eastern European journalists and academics, and I'm your host, Maria Cernat, a Romanian academic based in Bucharest. Um, and with me today, I have the pleasure to invite to our microphones Harriet Frad. Uh, she's a psychotherapist and uh, a feminist and the person who wrote a lot of books, articles, and she also now uh, has a podcast called Capitalism Hits Home, where she discusses the way capitalism is influencing our daily lives. And I was very impressed and pleasantly surprised to see that the psychologist, usually psychologists, are focused on the individual and what you can do. And I was so pleasantly surprised to see a psychologist trying to make the connection between this economic social uh, economic system that is ruining our lives and the daily lives, our experiences. It is so important to have this connection, to have this connection between the system and our individual lives. Now, we are going to address a very, very, how should I say, sad part and uh, um, human trafficking. Human trafficking is one of the most brutal forms of modern slavery, I would call it, of uh, uh, denying a person basic rights, their dignity, and basically mentally and psychologically destroying them. Uh, we have horrifying accounts of people who escape uh, human trafficking networks and uh, the, the, the stories are hair-raising. We decided to discuss this since Romania became famous, but again, it became famous for a negative event, and that was the fact that Andrew Tate, a well-known um, so-called influencer he had millions of people following him online where he bragged about how cool it is to be a misogynistic um, uh, person that would get away with anything in a small country corrupt and poor like Romania and uh, in the final aftermath he had the misfortune of um, quarreling online with uh, no other than Greta Thunberg the famous activist for the environment and uh, soon after that the police in Romania finally finally arrested him and his brother he's now in the police custody he was arrested uh, he filed uh, of course a complaint and he wanted to uh, of course to to escape prison but that was not the case and he is now in prison because he was running guess what a human trafficking network he even had women with his name branded on their skin, uh, the, the logo, the so-called logo said property of Andrew Tate. Now, this is the, the horrifying situation. And I would say that um, it is strictly connected to, to capitalism and to the fact that there is such a huge discrepancy between those who have money and powers and those who have not, it is very tempting for cynical people to just take young girls and sell them like objects in this uh, market and to exploit them to the point where they are basically destroyed, but they make a lot of money. So I would say it's strictly connected to, to capitalism, not to say that probably in a socialist the country such things that not exist but i can tell you from experience that in romania this phenomenon 
at such uh, levels, we never saw it before 1989. It was nothing, nothing of the, the scale that we are seeing now. So tell me a little bit about the United States and this connection between capitalism and human trafficking. Well, human trafficking is a venture capital opportunity for people because exploiting women and selling sex as a commodity, commodifying everything is characteristic of capitalism. And people are in America now, one in eight people is hungry and food is a commodity which goes up with inflation. So is heat, so people are always being having their heat turned off. So is fresh air, because if you're poor, you're much more likely to live near an incinerator or a dump, which poisons you, plus to live in a place where the furnace isn't up to par, that everything is commodified and sex is commodified and sold. And the United States is a country where if you are a young woman, without an education, your only opportunity in New York City to make a, a decent living where you could afford an apartment is sex work of some kind, either talking sex on the phone or exhibiting yourself or having intercourse with people under the um, control of a pimp, whatever. There's a whole phenomenon in the United States, which is a huge phenomenon widely practiced, um, mostly in the South, but all over, called the sugar industry. I don't know if you have that, but because our no. colleges and universities are so expensive, to go to NYU costs you, if by the time you graduate, just for the time you're there, tuition, food, and a dormitory will cost you over $200,000. And so people leave in debt. and. The, the sugar industry's biggest part is at the university where women make a contract with wealthy men that when they come into the city, they will be entertained, often sexually, you know, sexually entertained as well, but not only sexually entertained, where the man will have a relationship with a woman who's there for him. And in exchange, he'll pay her tuition, sometimes her tuition, room and board, et cetera. And they make a contract where this is allowed, that isn't this many weeks and so on, and either one can break the contract. And so women can graduate without the huge debt that men have, because sexual work is the only work in which women are paid better than men in the United States as a rule. And so that it's a kind of contractual prostitution. Um, the biggest, the most popular purchase in regular prostitution is you purchase a temporary girlfriend because men are terribly lonely and rich men don't want to navigate the new terrain of gender equality. But if you buy a woman who is on contract to be pleasing and to troop around to your business meetings where you can look prestigious because you have a young woman on your arm who, who is from the university and so she's articulate and so on. So, you know, that is the most, first of all, in regular prostitution, it's the most popular form where you buy 
emotional intimacy on your terms. And it also includes sexual intimacy. But this that's a very, that is really indicative of what's happening in this country where everything is commodified. For the woman in question, first of all, she gets a lot of her tuition paid, or all of it. Second of all, she doesn't have to worry about falling in love with this guy, getting married and giving up her career. That's not in the contract. And the contract can be broken by any either party. But it just shows where relationships have descended. And sex trafficking is everywhere that capitalism is. Because the point of capitalism is you sell something and you make more money than you have to pay for it. So maybe you have to feed the girl and give her a place to sleep, but you make much more over exploiting her sexually. So it's the capitalist model. And wherever it exists, wherever capitalism exists, you will have everything in the book that makes money for the capitalist. And the sex trades make money. And the more lax or involved in it, the rulers are, the more it flourishes. Yeah, well, in Romania, you see how uh, the economics of it shapes the social reality. The economics shapes social reality in the sense that in Romania, we have public institutions that are free, so there is no need for women to prostitute themselves or to get involved with men who would pay for their tuition since education is still free. So we have this legacy from the communist era, socialist era, um, where education and higher education is free, of course. There are private universities, but let me tell you, Harriet, that to, till this day and three decades have passed since 1989, not a single private university um, managed to match the public universities in terms of prestige, quality, and all the rest. And that should also tell you something about how education should be run. I mean, they have yes. three decades, but unfortunately there is still a gap between public universities and private universities. Of course, there are those who say that probably is the mentality and all the rest. Uh, but I think that uh, public universities um, are the way to go if you don't want to have the type of phenomena you are describing. But unfortunately, right. in Romania, since we have still, still, after a lot of attacks and a lot of uh, uh, problems and social convulsions that we experienced during these past three decades, we still have a pretty decent public education system meaning that we have a lot of girls that learn English. And we also have something interesting. We have a very good internet connection. There are those who say that since we have NATO bases here, uh, that incentivizes uh, the, the Ministry of uh, Defense and all the um, uh, administrative apparatus and the security apparatus to invest uh, so that we have very good internet connection in Romania. We have better internet connection in Romania than you have in the United States, by the way. And Where those factors, private. yes, yes. Um, and here also, but it's cheaper and better. 
I mean, the, the ratio between quality and, and price is much better here. And um, the two combined make Romania the perfect place for video chat because you have educated women and very good internet connection. So we are not number one in terms of the sugar daddy industry, but we are number one in terms of the video chat industry. Yeah. And also the 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 other th thing, uh, because here there are even those who say, well, video chat is not as violent as the the um, prostitution, classical, so to speak. People uh, staying in the streets uh, during winter time, during summer yeah. time, and accepting every man and all the rest. Uh, even though the Andrew Tate case showed that is not at all like this. Once you enter and you're not on your own and you have a pimp like this two individuals, the Tate brothers, then uh, the level of violence uh, and sexual exploitation is still very much there. Even though you're not meeting with the clients, those pimps make you do stuff that would... Yeah resemble you know an actual uh, encounter but another thing that Romania um, is exceptional in but in a bad way uh, is human trafficking we are the number one country in the European Union in terms of um, women and children trafficked for sexual exploitation number one it's a very very uh, bleak perspective when you think about it but there are people you know um, in very poor communities what is even sadder is that you see boys who become traffickers at very young ages so there are two paths one for the boys to become human traffickers and one for the girls to become their victims and uh, nowadays, what they practice is a very subtle, the, the so-called lover boy method, a very subtle method of getting the girls to prostitute themselves. What they do is that they fake a romance story and uh, then they get the child hooked because usually this happens around 13, 14. I mean, these girls are children, right? So they are easily manipulable. And easy to manipulate and they um they the human trafficking networks are formed by individuals that study a lot the social context the social environment they see where vulnerable children are and they fake this romance and they they traffic the girl in romania and when she's 18 they get her to places where prostitution is legal and you see how uh, we have in feminism all these debates about how to change the law. But I am under the impression that if we don't change the economics of it, we can change the law as many times as we like. We thought that legalizing prostitution would be the best option. Well, it turns out, especially for Romania, that the main countries of destination for this trafficked women are the countries where prostitution is legal. Switzerland, for instance, a Romanian prostituted woman was brutally murdered a few years back and they changed the law apparently to come up with a solution 
so that prostituted women will not face such uh, violence. But this is not the case at all, because now you still have trafficked women since you have poverty and you have such huge disparities of income these things you know are are a catastrophe waiting to happen and um i think in feminism we are not on the right path when we start quarreling about the law what we should be quarreling about and come together in solidarity in order to change it is the, the economic system so i, I agree i totally agree and i also think that prostitution like anything else can be looked at with with a class lens, because what you're talking about is slavery. I mean, there are several economic systems. Slavery was replaced by feudalism, where one lord um, controls the output of all the people that work on his land. And then capitalism, where you hire somebody and then you give them a wage that allows you to make a profit. And then there's socialism or a communal system where everyone shares. Most of the sex trade you are describing and probably most in the United States is slavery. And slavery, although it was abolished in the United States after the Civil War, slavery is still practiced. Children are often slaves to their parents because their parents own them really and can hire them out. And when parents are poor, their children are much more attracted to an opportunity for some kind of job and will go somewhere where they can be beaten, raped and forced into slavery. Now there are, I would call um, the sugar industry is much more a collective thing. Each person is they have a contract and each person agrees, but one person is coerced by economic need. That's why you never have a level playing field in class society, because one group is coerced into oppressive relationships, whether they're slave or capitalist, for economic reasons. And that also has a lot to do with gender. It has to do with class and gender because Males in the United States have a level of aggrieved entitlement to women's bodies, and they no doubt do in Romania as well, which allows them to disregard women as fellow humans and sister human beings, but rather someone who's supposed to give you sex, give you cleaning, give you care. That that and that is coming to a head and american men i don't know about romanian men but american men are very angry we have at least one mass murder every day a mass murder is where somebody takes a very legal because they're legal to be sold it's very profitable machine gun and machine guns a whole bunch of people you have to have shot at least four people and uh, in order to be a mass murderer, and there's at least a one every day in California alone, which has is probably the most populous state, 40 million people, mm -hmm. you have had three mass murders and about 30 people killed 
just in eight days because men are angry. And every man who picks up that gun has either one or two things in his biography. They're either people who've lost jobs, which were emblems of masculinity that are disappearing in the United States, or have lost a relationship with a woman who they feel gives them status. Mean, so those class and gender really commingle here. And prostitution can be in many different class conditions. But since women are vulnerable, sex trafficking is slavery. And slavery is no doubt abolished in, legally in Romania, although it's economically forced on people. And it's legally against the law in the United still States as well. It is widely practiced in both countries. And it's, America is a violent place. The average age of death of an American prostitute is 34 years old. The average age of death for women overall is 82 years old. So we are talking about slavery and death for women. And that is terribly dangerous. And some feminists call it, and I have certainly done that, sex work, because women have been blamed for men's sexual predations on them for centuries. The pregnant woman impregnated and in a forced pregnancy by her boss is cast out of the household as a sinner. But, you know, she's a fallen woman, but who pushed her to the ground and made her fall is not responsible. And part of the push to make sex work work instead of moral falling, moral failing, it used to be you said somebody had virtue because she was not sexual mm -hmm. virtue. And so you lose your virtue when you're raped. And uh, that that's a way to escape that, but it doesn't escape the capitalist gender combination that enslaves women into the slave class process of society. Yeah, it, it's very important. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I will insist that we discuss it in the second part of our show. I don't think we should quarrel again about words very much, but about what's important here. And I think in both cases, both the United States and especially Romania, since I told you we are number one in Europe in terms of human trafficking, um, I think the economic uh, uh, system is the best because for instance, there are those who call it for abolitionism and they say the Nordic model is the best one, but I think what what escapes the conversation is that, uh, of course, in Sweden, they punish the client, but not so much that that system is not so much about punishment, but about offering women a stable income for six months so they can, you know, relax and think about their lives and think about their future and possible prospects and also free um psychotherapy for them because we know that a lot of women that were exposed to this type of sexual violence experience PTSD and all sorts of other mental conditions and I think this is the core for the success you know of the model not the fact that you are punishing person x or person z but 
helping the ones who want to get out and offering them chances. I think the economics of it escapes most of the uh, debates today. And we are not pushing with enough anger, you know, uh, for changing the economic environment and offering everybody a chance. Because I think discussing over and over again about the legal system is a dead end. I don't know how, but for me, it's a dead end. And I saw so many of the of the energies of feminists and really committed serious people who wanted to, to do good and they were invested in, in this process going away and being wasted on this meaningless debate on what kind of model should we have. But we are again, again, in the liberal paradigm that that. Uh, uh, focuses on individual rights, you know, not on the collective uh, improving, you know, the so the economic conditions of people, but focusing on individual rights and on the legal aspect of a phenomenon. Well, people who go into prostitution don't do it for fun. They do it because they're desperate for money. And in the United States, since there is no other way outside of the sex trades that a young, uneducated woman can support herself and rent an apartment. I mean, the, the sex trades are the only place, and the sex trades offer a wide range of possibilities, all exploitative of women and all physically punishing of women, which is why the age of death of an American prostitute is age 34 about 50 years um, younger, dying 50 years younger, because men are trained to hate their needs and they need women and they're angry and so they beat them up or kill them as a way of killing their need and their dependency. And so it's very dangerous work that people are only driven to out of dire American need or violence and slavery. Now, how does one deal with that? Well, obviously, if people had a chance of interesting opportunities for work and for self-support, all people, men and women, there are, of course, male prostitutes, but they're a small percentage of the uh, prostitute community. If they were given opportunities, of course they wouldn't do that. You know, that it's not a fun occupation, nor one that develops you much as a person. And so what you're talking about is class transformation so that you don't have a 1% controlling a lot of the lives of the 99% underneath them. And a good example is there was an article about how in Davos, Switzerland, where they have that those meetings of fabulously rich people, there are no vacancies for prostitutes. They're all taken because these are men who want to be serviced and want to be able to hire women as commodities the way they hire everyone else as a commodity. Those things go together, capitalism and prostitution and enslavement of women. And so it's uh, Romania, I don't know if Romania is like the United States, but sex education in the United States is not what it's like in the Netherlands, 
it's not about relationships. First of all, only 17 states out of 50 have accurate sex education in their classrooms. Okay? And that's only 17 out of 50. And they never teach what they teach in the Netherlands and some other countries, which is starting out, first of all, they start teaching birth control as well as um, relationships and sexuality together. So if the bee doesn't pollinate the flower, the flower and the fruit doesn't grow. Okay, they can learn that in kindergarten. And then by the time they're in middle school, they learn about their bodies, the male body, the female body. And, in, and they start teaching in kindergarten how you like to cuddle, how nice it is to be close to someone. And then in middle school, they talk about beginning to like someone sexually and how nice it is to kiss them. And in high school, they talk about what they owe each other sexually in terms of pleasure and what they would owe to another generation they could create. A whole different approach, but it's in the United States that doesn't exist. You don't teach sex as part of a relationship. First of all, mostly you don't teach sex at all. Kids find out from porno because we don't have sexual education, but they can turn on their TV and watch porn all the time. And that's how they learn. I mean, I have, I had a client who thought that hair pulling was a normal part of sex because that's what her partners learned on, in porn on television, which was their sex education. So there is a, and porn sells, that's why we have porn. Not because people are volunteering because this is a wonderful thing to do, but because it's highly lucrative and unregulated. Mm-hmm. And you can use racial stereotypes and sexual stereotypes. And heterosexual porn is about sex as humiliation of women. And so it's, and it's all involved with money. It's a highly lucrative industry and it wouldn't exist without the money. So what we're talking about is a profit driven capitalist system that drives sexual slavery. And that is, you know, that's, and Romania, I'm sad to say, is certainly well known for that. Andrew Tate said he moved to Romania because it's so lax on rape. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And and you see, um, even in the case of children, it was a difference between rape and the so-called consensual sex act with a minor. And there were those who tried to get this out of the law because how can you consent when you're 12? But you can't. I mean, that's insane. I mean, uh, uh, to have people who raped 10 years old girls and they got uh, um, just a few years in prison because they were not charged with rape, but with Sex, consensual sex act with a minor how can that be consensual i mean and and the judges and everyone else i mean romania is also a very very racist country and i think if the victim happened to come from the roma community they would consider that she's subhuman or somehow prone to this type of activities and she had it coming and yeah we had a a, a lot to to discuss and um 
now we discuss it more generally, but in the second half of the show, I want to discuss a little bit this very, very controversial aspect related to words. It is prostitution. We should be abolish prostitution. We should be pro-sex work and consider it a nice lucrative thing women just happen to do. What is the best approach? Because this is what uh, made feminists, I think, um, split. And this is, uh, again, a, a major theme uh, that um, separates uh, feminists who are the so-called pro-sex work and those who are abolitionists. And uh, I'm happy, I will be very curious to know what's your take on it. And then I will give uh, my perspective. But in the second half for now, I think we just offered a general perspective on what um, how capitalism relates to human trafficking and how connected the economic aspects of our lives are to the um, social aspect and especially to human trafficking. Uh, thank you for now to the viewers. If you liked our discussion, please go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the barricade. If you can make a monthly subscription donation, we are more than happy to have it because we rely on your help. Thank you so much, Harriet, and we'll see you all in the next segment of our show. Thank you.